encourages on today. This is Pastor Dr. Andrew Dion Wilson. Yeah. I'm looking, middle, baby, yeah. I'm looking at his queen over here. I'm looking at this, this army of new beginners out yeah. here, right? Yeah. Right, the great pastor of the New Beginning Community Baptist Church. Yeah. Amen. Again, right, I give you all a little background connection. I got here in August of 2008, all the way from the south side of Chicago, to go to a little bitty school called Fresno. What you University. say, man? Amen. And so I get to lands and I have to try to get the layout of the land and I'm going and doing my due diligence and I go into a building, right? I go into a building on campus and I'm looking for some people. Maybe they look like me. Maybe they got a vibe like me. And I, I saw this picture on the wall of this particular guy. I'm like, it might be something about this guy right here, right? And so a few days later, I was invited to a worship service on Friday evening mm. at Butler. Hey, Amen. I think it was college hours. Yeah. So we yeah. went there Chapel. and the rest is yeah. history amen yeah and what yeah. happened from that point on i got a chance to connect with this man of god who was a professional man right and a spiritual man and a wise man and a strong man amen amen i'll, I'll say uh probably a little bit more than i should say but we live in a time in the world where people are confused about yes sir what they are yes, yes sir what they're supposed to be amen? yeah yeah and so when you see a man a soldier for christ that sold out and serious and committed is something to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something yeah. to recognize. Yeah, yeah. it's something to recognize. You can see someone again, as Paul said, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. yeah. So we thank God we have a man here who will be sharing with us who follows Christ, yes, who has followed Christ, who has been about ministry for years. Yeah. Amen. So the great evangelist, right? Yeah. That he is, right? The great preacher that he is, the great you, teacher. Lord that he is the father of Thank the ministry you, of Antioch, amen, because Antioch you, was planted in birth with his blessing. My, his my, my. So as we are covered, again, this is the same man who ordained me in 2010, and before I left and went back to Chicago, two weeks, I left my time and ended my time in California by being able to go over to the motherland, Africa, yeah. right, to convo with this mighty man of God. So I've seen him at FPU on the on the campus. I've seen him at New Beginning. I've seen him in the community. And I've seen him overseas. Right? I've seen him at home with his wife, with his children, yeah, man. with his family. And I've watched this man of God and I've heard even more stories about him ministering to so many. Yeah. Amen. I think somebody tired of hearing me and they want to hear this man. <laughs> so without any further ado, if you all would put your hands together. Yeah. Amen. Yes, sir. Love you, Thank you, man. Grace and joy to you, Antioch. Congratulations to the man of God, the angel of this house, brother I love, beloved, the, the right pastor, Dr. Kevin Tate. Happy anniversary, man of God. So proud of you, Doc. I love you, man. You're looking good, too. Amen. Lady Tate, love her too. All the babies, the, I'm gonna say the little Tates, amen. <laughs> Good to see you. All of the saints, the mothers of Antioch, what a joy. Amen. So glad you guys are all here. And it's good to see the sons here tonight. Yeah. Pastor Brown is here, amen. Faith community's in the house. Good to see you guys, love you. Miss you, Dr. Tom, Elder Billings. See Elder Bowdry come in, Reverend yeah. Nichols, amen. All the deacons. Good to see you. It's just good to be here. Yeah. Amen. Are you glad to be here today? Yeah. Amen. 
I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for my son, Pastor Tate, because this is a special occasion. If you've been called by God to plant a church in days like these, that means the spirit of God is with you because these are dark days. Amen. Amen. And we're going to preach just like we did back in the day. Amen. So I'm glad you guys here. Go ahead and take your seat for a minute. Give me some uh, a few minutes to uh, philosophize a little bit. All right. I miss y'all. I miss y'all, but I'm so proud of you. You're doing a great job. Souls are being saved. Good to see the McBrides today. I love you guys. Amen. Hutch, I love you guys. Hi, Brandy. Good to see you, beautiful. Miss you guys. It's just good to be here. It's like a little reunion. Amen. And it's good to have people of God in your life. Amen. That can mark your journey. Uh, Dr. Benson was talking about our work at Fresno Pacific, and he's gone on to do a PhD and some amazing things, and is a commuting pastor, commutes from Chicago to Antioch. That lets you know his, his commitment to the word of God. Can we praise God for him as well? Now, I'm excited today because I know that Pastor Tate has some gifts in him. And to have him as your pastor is a blessing from God. Amen. And I'm so grateful for him. I miss him, but I know the Lord has doing a great work in him and through him. And can I brag on his beautiful queen for just a moment? Yeah. Ain't she pretty? Come on, y'all. Let's show the first lady some love. That's my daughter. I love her to death. And she's gifted beyond gifts. Dr. Pam Tate. Come on, let's praise God for Dr. Tate. Thank you so much, love. And the children are looking beautiful. So proud of you. And then my queen is in the house. Oh, yes, she is. Oh, yes, she is. Come on, stand for me, baby, one more time. Hallelujah. Radiant as ever. Amen. That's my get up and go. Yeah, the ice into my cake. Hallelujah. Don't get me started. <laughs> I came to encourage the church and to encourage the pastor whom I love. So if you will open your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 17, All right. I'm going to visit a very familiar passage of scripture. Lady Tom, can you hear me, daughter? Okay. No, you can't, Sister Balgy? Okay. I'll put my Baptist voice on it in a minute. All right. <laughs> Exodus chapter 17 verses 8 through 14. If you got it, see, I got it, Pastor. I got it, Pastor. If I run out of gas, I got about eight preachers over here I can tag. They all ready to come in at any minute. <laughs> Would you stand with us for the reading of God's holy word? Thank you so much. Sister Lurling, we're praying for our niece, too, daughter. Yes, we are. Trusting in the Lord. It's going to be all right. Now, Amalek. He came and he fought in Reph fought Israel rather in Rephidim. Uh -huh. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Joshua did as Moses said to him. 
and he fought with Amalek. Mm -hmm. And Moses, Aaron, and her went up to the top right. of the hill. Yeah. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. Yeah. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Mm -hmm. But Moses' hands got heavy. So they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other side. And his hands were steady to the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And all God's people said, amen. 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 I want to tag this message today, how to help your pastor right. whoop your enemy. Yeah. How to help your pastor mm. whoop your enemy. Right. You may be seated. Beloved, the journey had been amazing. Uh -huh. 40 days ago, they were in bondage down in Egypt. But God sent them a deliverer, a man of God, who would take them from captivity to the promised land. Israel's on a journey now, and they're on their way to a place they've never been. No more slavery in this new land. No more bondage and no more persecution. However, on their way to encounter the place they've never been before, uh -huh. there are some things they've got to learn. Yeah. They got to learn how to be hungry. That's right. They got to learn how to be barren. Yeah. They got to learn that there are some enemies that's going to try to defeat them. Right. They got to learn how to deal with doubt, mm -hmm. frustration, yeah. provision. And deliverance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They church planting now. Come on, come on. And there's some new lessons they got to learn. You know what I learned the most about this text, Pastor Tate, is that as a Christian, I still sometimes am amazed at how much of the Christian life is both a battle and a blessing. A well-known scholar commenting on this text says up to this point, Israel never had to fight for themselves. See, when they were in Egypt, Yahweh did all the fighting. Y'all remember the 10 plagues? They didn't have to lift a finger. That was Yahweh putting these things on Pharaoh. But now, Yahweh is going to let them do the fighting. Y'all in here? See, every now and then, God wants to see what you're going to do with what you know. I feel like preaching today. We can learn to text that they, we can learn today that there are some battles, Antioch, that the church is going to have to endure on your way through the wilderness. Now, this text suggests that Israel might have been acquainted with this unsuspecting enemy. They were called the Amalekites. Can I say some more? Amalek was their leader. Amalekites was the name of their tribe. Yeah. They were cousins who were connected to Esau. Yes, right. yeah. 
Here it is. They were the folks who lived on the other side of the tracks. You know, those cousins you don't get along with. And when they heard that their cousin them was no longer in bondage down in Egypt, and they were passing through the hood on their way to the promised land, the cousins had an issue. And they decided they was going to try to come and fight with their family. Can I say some more? Can I just feel it like saying like I feel it? How many of you know ain't no fight like a family fight? Because they know stuff about you don't nobody else know. Huh? They can expose your weaknesses at the drop of a dime. And when I look at this text, and when I look at the battle they had to ensue, I get another picture in here. Somebody say, show it to me, Reverend. The, the Amalekites become a picture of the Christian's flesh. What do you mean? Yeah, in this life, on your way to the promised land, your closest you going to be your greatest enemy. You're going to be worse than the devil. Because you know stuff that the devil don't even know about you. Are you with me here? My greatest fight ain't never been with another man. It's always been with myself. Parenthetically, while I'm out here, let me waddle a little bit. You got three enemies. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Are you with me here? And they all three fight simultaneously sometime. Are you listening? But that one in the middle, the flesh... I believe is the greatest enemy. See, he hits you when you least expect it. You can be sleeping and he'll steal one in on you. Are you listening here? You could be having your best Holy Ghost experience and that flesh will pop you right when you least expecting it. He bothering somebody right now because you tripping because the sound ain't working. You tripping because something didn't go right. And as a, result, as a result of that, you'll let the joy of the Lord steal this occasion. Tell your flesh, sit down and be quiet. Are you listening here? This fight we're about to see in this text takes a strategy to defeat. It takes a serious man of God who understands you, understands the journey, and understands your enemy. I stopped by to tell you, family, you ought to let your pastor help you whoop your enemy. Are you in here now? Give him something solid that he can use in this battle. Three quick points I want to give to you, and then I'll get out of your way. The first thing I want to look at in this text is I want to look at the plot of the enemy. You see it right there? The second thing I want to look at is the plan of the encourager. And I'll land the plane dealing with the power of encouragement. Let's unpack the first one for you, the plot of the enemy. The Bible says in verse 8, are you there? Now, Amalek. He names the enemy. He came and he fought Israel in Rephidim. Beloved, when you come to this portion of the text, you and I get to see that Israel's enemy, first of all, is formidable. What do you mean? This enemy knows Israel. Ah, that's the worst enemy 
that know you. Are you with me here? And he wants to hurt them. And he comes out of nowhere to start a battle. And he's calling or coming to destroy them. He's not coming just to run them off. He's coming to kill them. Parenthetically, do you know that your old you wants the you that's new dead? That's why the flesh don't quit. Can I say some more? These Amalekites, y'all in here, were, were ancestors of Esau and they lived in Canaan. They were desert people. Uh, they were ruggish, thuggish bones. Uh, okay, they were mean. They were angry. They were nasty. And they were ruthless people. They were hunter-gatherers. And as a result, they were wild and out of control. And they now sneak up on the people of God for an ambush when the people of God are not even expecting it. Okay, I'll come down your road. They call them strolling in the hood. And they consider them doctors to be out of bounds. Are you with me here? When they saw Moses and the mob of Israelites coming through, they wanted a piece of Israel and wanted to stop them from trying to invade the land. Now, when we look at this, we see that, yeah, the Amalekites were formidable. And I learned from this passage right here. God's purpose, Dr. Tate, in human history is not to give you easy blessings. No. His purpose for you in Antioch is to give you opportunities to fight for your own victory. Y'all catch that right there? Church planting ain't about giving you blessings. It's about giving you the opportunity to fight for opportunities. You got to fight for territory. You got to fight to win souls. You got to fight to grow in his grace. You got to fight to not quit. Can I tell you what's wrong with the church today? Quitters. They quit because it get hard. Because somebody lied to them. They think that being a Christian is a tiptoe to the tulips. No, the fight don't start till you say, yeah, baby. That's when it starts. And I learned in this passage that God wants Israel to know I fought to get you free. Now you fight to stay free. I feel like preaching today. Can I get some amens in the back row? Story is told about a rabbi who had two warring men in his Sabbath day school. And these brothers could not get along, Doc. And so they went to the rabbi to have him mediate their problem. Okay. Rabbi Pastor Tate got them to converse and to apologize with one another and squash their beef. On the way, at the end of the meeting, the rabbi said, now the new year is coming. Why don't you both speak a blessing over each other? Yeah. And Dr. Brown, boys looked at each other and the first one said, I wish on you what you wish on me. And the other brother says, see, Rabbi, he's starting again. <laughs> well, well, what do you mean, Pastor? The flesh was still in the way. The flesh was still anchoring the argument. 
And I stopped by to tell you that your flesh is just like this. Yes. It's always plotting. Always. Even when it promised to behave. Yes. <laughs> I just dropped something right there. You could be sitting here right now and promise yourself I ain't going to do that no more. And that flesh is saying, mm -hmm, wait till I get you home. We've looked at the plot of the enemy. Let me show you now the plan of the encourager. Look at verse 9 with me. The Bible says, and Moses. You hear it? He said to Joshua, Joshua, choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. And tomorrow, I'm going to stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And let me work there. When you come to this second portion of the text, you and I get to see the picture of one who has already been encouraged by God and who believes in God. Oh, what do you mean? He's a leader with a plan. You see that, Doc? He's a leader with a call. He's a leader with a track record of winning. He's a leader with training. He's a leader, Lady Tate, with a faith resume. Uh, he's seen God do some things before, and he has confidence that God can use him in warfare, even if it is in a desert-type situation. Can I say some more? As a result of what he knows about God, his actions are going to prove for us how we too can respond to the plot that's set on us by the enemy of our souls. I'm talking about Moses. See, here we discover that Moses as the shepherd leader, he moves decisively against the enemy. In other words, he don't wait for them to attack first. He fires off the first shot. Yo, in here, he mobilizes quickly because he understands that warfare, uh -huh. yeah, is dangerous when it happens too late. He understands that in warfare, you can lose yeah. if you respond too late. Oh, Notice this. Moses here, Dr. Brown, he don't ask God what he should do. That Moses is done with. Moses princess would ask God what do I do right, right, y'all yeah, yeah. in here I'm in here and God said take your rod uh -huh. go to Pharaoh yeah. tell Aaron yeah. he had four five steps yeah, yeah. Right. but by the time he gets through the Red yeah. Sea yeah. Moses like I got this y'all yeah. I know what to do you see this now he ain't asking God well how should I handle the enemy he said yo Josh get the crew Y'all know what to do. Get all them thugs. That's just like you, Joshua. Get the men. Hey! Y'all know I got to work right there. I ain't got no problem with the ladies fighting. Because can't nobody scrap like a sister. Come on, talk to me, ladies. I know my woman can scrap. But I don't want her to scrap for me. I want her cute, Brown. I want her switching. 
I want her nails done. Her weave working. Come on. I want to leave the scrapping to me and the boys. But don't get it twisted. If she have to. Come on. Where the ladies at? Where the ladies at? They can get in there and handle it. Am I right, Sister Sandy? When he says to the men, get the men. And go on top. Or rather, go down in the valley. And I'm going to go on top and work the battle. Now look at this, guys. When we get here, Moses exemplifies a shepherd leader with experience. Catch this. He ain't no novice. Uh-uh. He ain't no average deliverer. This is West Side Moses. <laughs> I wish I had an amen right there. Oh, yeah. He, this is a different Moses now. Can, can I argue my case? I got Bible for my theology. Y'all in here? This Moses was once a killer. Killed an Egyptian in the sand. This Moses once lived on the run. This Moses know what it's like to be public enemy number one. Don't get it twisted just because he's a shepherd now. He still know how to kill. I just want you to know. Parenthetically, I'm off my text. You don't mind? Every church need a pastor with a little thug in it. Because we are pastoring in unusual days. Are you with me here? You want to know your pastor can take the suit off, roll the cuffs up, and handle that thing, and then give the benediction. In these days. Okay, y'all not listening. You don't want a pastor going to beat you to the car. If he a shepherd, he better know how to protect the flock. I'm off my script, but I feel some kind of way. I wouldn't be a member. Nowhere where my pastor couldn't fight. Come on, Doc. Come on, Doc. Well, my pastor couldn't stand in the gap. Yeah. Well, my pastor was afraid of me. Yo, yeah. in here, I feel like preaching. I said, I feel like preaching. It's my son's anniversary. I'm going to take some liberty. And y'all, you got a little thug in him. He got some West Side in him. Don't get it twisted. Y'all in here, he nice. He lovely, but don't make him growl. <laughs> I feel all right today. Moses says, Joshua, take the homeboys. Go down in the valley. Because I got a strategy, Joshua. I'm going to go on top of the hill. Did you see that there? Now watch this strategy because I don't want you to miss it. Here, the battle is going to be fought on two levels. It's going to be fought in the valley and fought on the hill. Moses is going to have to fight the supernatural side. While Joshua is going to fight on the carnal side. Y'all in here? Now they're fighting together. Now I like this here. Moses, watch this son. He elects leadership, not just any man, but a man who knows warfare. He chooses the right man. He chooses, secondly, the place to fight. 
Come on in here. He don't let Amalek come and fight him in the camp. Oh, I wish I had a witness. He takes the fight to Amalek. Can I say some more? Antioch, don't make your church the place of the fight. Don't let the enemy come in and fight. It's too late if he get in the house. You got to take the battle to him. Are y'all in here? Oh, good God Almighty. Moses elects the place. He elects where the fight's going to happen. He selects again how the battle is going to go down. He identifies what he's going to be doing in the fight. He's going to be on top of the hill. Now look at this. Moses is a picture of the one who's to intercede in the battle. Because the battle is supernatural. Uh, and it's carnal. It, it happens simultaneously. While the men are fighting, Moses is asking God to give them the victory. Now the text says every time Joshua's winning, it's because Moses' hands are up. Y'all catch this? I need to say something about the pastor's hands. They're the only hands in the congregation ordained for corporate spiritual warfare. God has pastors in your life for a reason. I know you might not like them. You might not understand them. Yeah, you're right. They put on their pants like you do, but they're a different set of pants. They're pants given to watch over your soul until God comes back for you. You want these hands to be in the upright position. If I got to let these down, because I got to be at work at 8 o'clock in the morning, who watching for your soul? Who fighting for you if I'm fighting with the boss? You need to have a plan to free up those hands. Can I say some more? Joshua, he says, is going to be on the hill fighting. Now watch this. I'm off my script and I'm going to land the plane. But the text says that while they're fighting, Moses' hands got tired. And Moses, when he starts to let down his hands, Sean, Joshua and the brothers start losing. Y'all in here? And the Bible says that there were two other brothers on the hill with him. Aaron and her. And the brothers, Aaron was a priest, so that means he wasn't a fighter. Her is an unnamed individual. Did you know his name is only mentioned three times in the Old Testament? And every time it's a different guy. Let me tell you why I think that's unique. Her is the kind of brother who don't need a title. He just say, my pastor might need me. Let me go with him to the prayer meeting. I wish I had an amen to that. Oh, we could get a lot more done, mama, if everybody didn't need a title. Her and Aaron are there. And I don't know who said what, Brown, I wasn't there, but I can use my sanctified imagination. They started looking. They said, Moses is getting tired, but every time he gets tired, they start losing in the valley. 
And I don't know which one it was, Terry, that said well, but somebody said, quick, get a rock. And let's stabilize the man of God. And not just give him something steady to sit on, but let's come alongside of him. And you get on the left, and I'll get on the right. And every time he starts getting weary, we'll hold his hand. Here it is. I'm on my way down now. Thank you, Antioch, for giving me this privilege. Thank you for being a loving church. But let me tell you what'll help your pastor defeat your enemies. If you give him something stable, something steady to sit on. Can I call Rob? Give him a health plan. Give him a salary. Give him something to put food on the table. Give him something to put in his pocket. Give him some encouragement. And don't just wait till October. Encourage him all through the year. Tell him, Pastor, I love you. Pastor, stay on the wall. Pastor, keep your hands up. Pastor, fight the good fight. Be encouraging for the man of God. I'm leaving right now. But I'm glad today. Oh, I'm glad today. And I hear music right now. I'm glad today that God, yes, allowed Moses to get the victory on top of that battle. I'm glad because if God would give Moses that victory, I know he'll give Kevin this victory. He's the same God and he changes not. I heard he's immutable. He don't change. I heard he gives pastors after his own heart. I heard if he'll stay the course, God will see him through. I'm closing now, but I'm glad that Moses won on that hill because somebody greater than Moses would win on another hill. You know him, don't you? Jesus, Mary's baby, Jesus, Yahweh's son will come down from glory, come through 42 generations, and he would fight on another hill. And this time, because he's greater than Moses, he'd lift his hands, stretch them wide. He'd give his hands that the fight would be won. He died, didn't he die? He died, didn't he die? They took the body down, put him in another man's tomb. And early, I said early, early, Sunday morning, with all power, got up from the dead, said all power's mine, victory is mine. Now ain't God all right? I said ain't God all right? Ain't God all right? Let me close right here. Victory is mine. Come on. Whoa. I told Satan, get thee behind. Because victory is yours, Antioch. Amen. Encourage the man of God to stay the course and hold up his hands that God would give you the victory. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.
and amen. Can I pray for you, family? You may be here today, and perhaps you're not a member of Antioch, but you're looking for a great church. You're looking for a place where a shepherd could come watch over you, feed you the word of God, and a corporate community of people would love on you and do life with you. There's no better church than the Antioch family. If I were you and I didn't have a church home, I was a Christian looking for a home, I would make Antioch that place. Here's why. You need a church home as you're traveling through this barren land. Don't you believe the hype that you can do Christianity without a community around you? Get in the church. Please, beloved, get in the ark while the door is still open. And then secondly, you may be here and you say, Pastor, I'm not a Christian. And, and, and I don't know, but I felt some when you were preaching. Let me talk to you for a moment. See, if you are not a Christian, you don't have the answer for the fight of your flesh. You don't have the answer for the fight from the world. You don't have the tools or the answer for the fight from Satan. Only those in Christ can give victory over the three enemies of your soul. That's enough right there for you to want to be saved. But if you need another reason, hell is hot and hell is reserved for those who don't know Jesus. That's why you need to become a Christian. Won't you make that decision today? Two, two opportunities. Number one, if you don't have a church, come make Antioch your church home. Two, if you don't know Christ, give Jesus your heart today. Let me pray with you. Would you bow your heads, beloved? You may be here today. I want to pray. Father, thank you so much for this great crowd. Thank you for these, your, your, your people you made in your image. God, my prayer today is that you would minister to the one who was lost today. Touch them and save them. And if you're here, family, under the sound of my voice, you don't know Christ, you want to accept him, simply pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord, I'm a sinner and I need my sin forgiven. I don't want to go to hell. I want to be saved. And I invite you, Jesus, to save me and to come in my heart. Sorry, Lord, for my sin against you. Save me today in Jesus' name. And then secondly, if you're here today, you don't have a church home, we invite you to come and give your right hand to the pastor today. Lord, I thank you for the Antioch Church. I thank you for those who are seeking for a church home today. Would you draw them to yourself, minister to them in a special way. Thank you for this great pastor and this great church. Thank you for a tremendous start. Lord, keep him encouraged. Keep his arms lifted high. Give him some Joshua's to come alongside of him, Lord, and to help him to contend for the faith. Thank you for him, Lord. Prosper them in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Let the church say amen. Amen. amen.